0: CCR number 100 for February 24th, 2010. This edition of Cat Crave Radio
1: is brought to you by the Panthers Outlaw Forum. The place for uncensored, no-holds-barred Carolina Panthers discussion. If you're ready for an honest discussion of your Carolina Panthers, visit the Panthers Outlaw Forum at sillyangel.proboards.com. D'Angelo
2: Williams, left side crowded, goes up the middle, 50-yard line, he's in the clear, this has got potential, 40, 35, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Still on a mission, though, still on a mission. We're going to find out how far we can push ourselves. Jake DeLonge going, Steve Smith left side, caught for a touchdown! Keep the dream alive, baby!
1: Welcome to the show dedicated to covering the Carolina Panthers. This is Cat Crave Radio. Coming up in this episode, we'll be speaking to Ross Tucker of SI.com and Sirius Satellite Radio. Darren Gant of the Rock Hill Herald and Charlotte Observer stops in to update us on some major moves by the team. And Nick Yeoman is back to provide the fans' perspective. Now, buckle your chin straps because it's time for kickoff. Here is your host for CCR,
0: John White. First... Adam Schefter of ESPN reported it. Then, Marty Herney made it official on Tuesday. Welcome to the 100th edition of Catgrave Radio. Thank you for making us a part of your day. Hey, what better way for us to celebrate our milestone 100th episode than to say goodbye to the enigma that is Julius Peppers. You know, there had been speculation for weeks that the team simply did not want to be on the hook for $21 million this season. Marty Herney was clear that the money owed to Julius under the terms of the franchise tag was simply too much. The team had no choice. Their hands were tied. Now, Peppers will become an unrestricted free agent and the Carolina Panthers will receive nothing for losing him. This is a painful reality that we've all awakened to today, but it is what it is, isn't it? There's more to come on this hot topic later in the show, of course. The general manager of our favorite team also told us on Tuesday that there will be an open competition at quarterback this coming offseason. Will it be Matt Moore? Will it be Jake DeLome? Herney says it's too early to tell who the front runner is, but also reiterated the organization's feelings toward Jake. You know this is one story that's just not going to go away. And maybe never. There was no word on the status of the young core of players the team currently is dealing with. Will they have the restricted tags placed on them? And what will their tenders be? Many are concerned over the status of Thomas Davis and Matt Moore. We'll be discussing Davis a little later in the show with Darren Gant. As for more, caused to his agent were not immediately returned, and we will keep you posted. At least we know one thing. Julius is gone. We now have the money to spend in an uncapped year, and free agency starts March 5th. It's time once again for the Panther Preview. Joining us as always, it is Yeoman. And Yeoman, guess what? Now we're light one defensive end. One Pro Bowl, one All-Pro, one All-Decade defensive end. Yay. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I don't want to beat a dead horse because I think we've made it pretty clear how we feel about this. I'm just glad that, you know what, it's over with. I mean, it's disappointing. It's ultimately, am I upset that they didn't get anything for Julius Peppers? Yes, but at the same time, it's it's just, it's time to move on. It is what it is, I guess. You know, stats are for losers. Any John Foxisms you can think of, it's just time to move on, and uh, and we'll find out. I guess we're going to find out what life without Julius Peppers is like.
0: You know, the funny thing is, and I agree with you, that it's nice that it's over, frankly, the drama, the whole I mean, I, I was I was getting real tired of this, you know, housewives of Charlotte thing. This was, this was insane. I mean, I you know, this is an MTV. So I, I, what I was glad to see first was okay, this can finally be put to bed. And I hate to see the guy leave because, and I know I've heard this before. Mike Minner has said this, players have said it, coaches have said it. I don't care who says it really, and I agree with with them to an extent. He's one of those um, game plan players. You've got to be ready for him, double team him. But then we've seen way too many times when he went out there and lollygagged around like he did against Dallas last year, which is the game that stands out to me in the entire time he's he's been in Charlotte, what, for eight years. And frankly, if another team gets him, I hope they can motivate him to play every game. I know he would against the Panthers now, but... I say let him be somebody else's problem. Yes, he's a great player when he wants to be, but against the likes of Oakland and Detroit, you know, down the stretch against a team not motivated like the Giants, apparently the Vikings, um, you know, you got to think if he's going to pad his stats against soft teams, then let him go. Then I, I don't really, I don't think we're going to miss him that much. Yeah, it'll hurt somebody like an Everett Brown on the other side if Julius isn't there to get the double team, but. Frankly, I'm glad it's over, and I kind of uh, I don't mind seeing him leave.
2: No, I, I I don't I don't either. I'm at that point as well. I'll, I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you right now, the organization at first they're going to end up looking like fools because I have a feeling Julius Peppers wherever he goes, he's going to be motivated. I mean, change of scenery. He's going to be fired up. New team. Uh, probably a good chance that he'll be going to a contender or or borderline contender. So he's going to come out motivated, and you know what? I'll almost guarantee you He'll he'll have a good season with the, the first season with whoever he's with. And Marty Herney and the guys will be looking like looking like fools, and the fans are going to be upset and and uh, and calling for some heads. But yeah, after a while, you, you take the good with the bad, and, and Julius will come down. and And ultimately, though, I think this is just it's it's a huge a huge uh, coaching experiment now for John Fox. I mean, he's got to motivate these guys. Obviously, they're going to have to beat into their heads that, you know what, one player does not make the team, and that, uh, you know, obviously they got to take the money that they saved and go spend it, bring in a couple other pieces. And it's just going to be a heck of a coaching job for John Fox. And he's in this lame duck situation, and I think he's, uh, he's going to have to earn it because, it's going to be an interesting interesting situation, interesting dynamic, because if that pass rush, you know, falters at first, it, it'll be interesting to see what the, uh, how the locker room dynamic is and the atmosphere in there, because, uh, boy, this is, it's a big loss from a statistical standpoint. But, yeah, I think that no, no one player is bigger than the team, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm ready to see him go.
0: And I think one thing I saw today that, um, well, right after this happened, it was within minutes when the story went up, on one of the newspaper's websites, one of the comments that I saw, and and I have to say that I agree, the the spotlight is going to be on Julius. It's going to be so bright, and this is such an unusual individual. I mean, Julius is just not, he's not a Ricky Williams type that shies completely away from the spotlight because he just doesn't like, you know, being social. He's just built that way. That's just Julius. I don't want to talk much. I don't say a whole lot. It's not that he's got some disorder, but I think once the spotlight is on him, he's going to find out what it's like to be a really high-paid free agent player that just signed, and we expect everything from you. You better be Reggie White, and if you're not, we're going to be kind of pissed.
2: Yeah, and, and and ultimately that's that's going to be the test test for him to see if he's ready for that. And you know, as you close the chapter on Julius Peppers, that's the thing. You know, you just a freak talent, an incredible talent. But an enigma that that no one could get inside this guy's head. You know, he was in, with the Panthers for so many years, and nobody could figure this guy out. And, and ultimately, I mean, you, you gotta be you gotta be thankful for for everything that he did bring to this team. But it's just uh, it's too bad that he goes out like this with so many question marks, and and the fans just still a little you know confused with exactly who this guy is.
0: And we'll look at one other thing here that Marty said before we get back to our uh, our, our breakdown of the roster and. That is that Marty had said, and he he's talking about the quarterback competition. I guess somebody asked him pointedly about that Tuesday. They said, "Okay, what about next year? Is there going to be a quarterback competition?" He said, "Yes, but we can't call it right now. I think you guys know how we feel about Jake in this organization." Well, yeah, we kind of are. You know, I mean, we're not oblivious. We know what you feel about Jake, obviously, because he's stuck in the lineup for so long last year. I mean, the guy was throwing wounded ducks and sailing the ball over people's heads. Do you think this is going to be... Honestly, I don't think it's a fair competition. I think day one, somebody on that field is watching this and saying, well, you know, Jake's the starter anyway. That's just my opinion, but do you agree with that, or would you say that maybe Matt actually has a shot?
2: I no, know. I think Matt has a shot. I think he earned it, and I just think Marty Herding was doing nothing but covering his rear end here. I mean, they sunk a lot of cash into Jake DeLonge the last offseason, so of course... Marty Herney has to come out here and say, "Oh, yeah, you know how we feel about Jake DeLonge. we're high on him he's our guy we 're going to ride him to the very end because if you come out and, and you say no we're, we're, we're going to go with Matt Moore we're going to make a change well then you're pretty much calling yourself a fool, and I don 't think Marty herney's that big of a fool, so I think he was just covering his rear end and, and it's going to be that 's going to be one heck of a battle. I think Matt Moore certainly has a chance, and if he doesn 't get an opportunity. That's where you, you risk splitting the locker room because I think the players saw how well Matt, Matt Moore performed down the stretch against some good competition, and, and, uh, and boy, you know, it's one thing for the fans and, and how they're going to be upset, but if you lose that locker room, it's a whole other beast. So I think it's a, I think Matt Moore's got a good chance to go in and, and even win this job. I think it has to be a fair competition. I don't think they're going to be that loyal to Jake DeLome.
0: Well, we're breaking down receivers, the guy who will be, all these guys who are going to be receiving the ball from whoever is behind center or under center. And we'll start with tight end. We're going to do tight ends uh, this go-round, and then in a few minutes we'll do uh, the receivers. Tight ends, honestly, if you, uh, and, and I was i was reading something today when I was um, in the middle of doing a little research about the players, getting stats, ages, and all that stuff. And one of the things I saw on one of these sites where they talk about fantasy football a lot and they said if you took those three tight ends that the Panthers have, you would have one pretty darn good fantasy tight end. Unfortunately, we've got Jeff King, who had 25 catches, Dante Rosario, who actually had better stats with 26, and Gary Barnage, who I still think is he's my guy out of the bunch as a receiver. He had 12, but he still averaged over 20 yards a catch. So your thoughts on the three-headed tight end position that we're running with the Panthers?
2: No, I think you hit on it perfectly right there. I mean, uh, if you if you pulled fans across the league You know, that don't follow this team as closely as you and I and other Panthers fans do. They probably couldn't name you a Carolina Panthers tight end, to be honest with you. I, I love when the draft, you know, draft time rolls around, and that's always a position of need for the Carolina Panthers. It's tight end, and I probably would have agreed with you, you know, up until the last couple seasons, because I think these three guys are fully capable of manning the tight end position because they give you a little something different. Each one, Jeff King. A solid blocker. Dante Rosario is a playmaker, and I think Gary Barnage is probably the, the quickest and best route runner of them all. And, and yeah, I, it, it's crazy. They do. They add up to one pretty darn good tight end. And, and I don't think this is that big of an issue for the Panthers. I think they got three solid guys and, and three solid guys for the next couple of years.
0: Well, it's a little bit like running that running back by committee thing where you've got a bruiser, you got one guy that's really quick and you bring them in, you know, you you rotate the guys, two or three guys that can come in. The Saints did it a lot this past year with their bunch at running back. We've done it. We see that all the time, but you, you don't think about it at other positions. The the Panthers are doing that very thing at tight end. you got King, who's a, a, a good blocker or a solid blocker, though he's bad at false starts. We all know that. Gary Barnage, who's a heck of a good downfield guy, I think Mick Mixon used the phrase, he's trucking guys down the field in that game late in the season. And then Rosario, who's kind of the, I think I consider him the dark horse of the bunch, and most people don't know his name, but we got two pretty darn good receivers. One guy that can block really well. Uh, Maybe we need another blocker, but other than that, I mean, I can't see a hole in this bunch unless you're going to add one more good blocking tight end, an H-back type.
2: No, I, I really don't see the hole either. And, and you remember the beginning of the season, I mean, most of Jake Delone's touchdown passes were going to tight ends. He was looking for these guys. And Matt Moore later in the season, you know, finding Jeff King on the touchdown against the Giants. I mean, it, it, these three tight ends are solid. And I just – I don't think this is a need for the Panthers at all. You've just got a little bit of everything. And, I, I you know, we talked about You mentioned the running back by committee, the tight end by committee. You got to have that when you've got guys that can do multiple skill sets that they've got, you know, quite a few talents. And I just I don't see any holes in this unit at all, and and I don't think it's one that needs to be addressed at all in the off season.
0: Well, you want to come back in just a minute and talk some wide receiver. Yeah, sure thing. All right, I tell you what. Before we take a break, let me remind you about the newsletter. If you haven't already signed up, go to catcraveradio.com. dot com. You'll see the newsletter link at the top of the page. When you click there, this little form pops up. It's only three entries. It will take you maybe a minute. You punch in your information, and we will keep you updated on everything going on with the show. We'll keep you updated on uh, team news, pretty much everything. Just get over to catcraveradio.com, click on newsletter, and get yourself signed up. Coming up later in the show, we got Darren Gant of the Rock Hill Herald and the Charlotte Observer now. And we'll also be talking to Ross Tucker of SI.com and Sirius Satellite Radio. And in just a minute... Nick and I will return. We'll be breaking down the wide receiver position.
1: Don't leave us in the dark, Panthers fans. Send us your thoughts and comments to catcraveradio at gmail.com. Again, that's catcraveradio at gmail.com. CCR will return. All-star fans, all-star content. Insighted.com is a sports network where diehard fans dish out nonstop sports news and views.
2: Come after me! I'm a man! I'm
1: 40! Fandom has no off-season, and neither do we.
0: We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice.
1: Not a game, not a game, not a game. com, the number one pro sports blog network on the internet. One NFC championship trophy. Three appearances in the NFC title game one NFC West division title, and three NFC South division titles. And we're just getting started. Cat Crave Radio continues.
0: And welcome back to the Panther Preview. Last time around, or last segment, we talked tight end. It's time now to talk wide receiver. There's this guy that plays receiver for us. Some of you may or may not have heard his name. I think you have. Uh, Steve Smith uh, out of Utah. You may have heard of him one of the greatest second-round steals of all time. I'm going to ask this one question. This has to be asked up front since we're talking receiver. Our one great receiver, yes, Smitty, but I got to know, and, and and I guess I'll let you answer first. Yeoman, has Smitty lost a step?
2: Oh, has he lost a step? I, if he has, it's not very noticeable, and if he has, it, by Smitty's standards, it's not much. I'll say he has. I think he probably has just a bit. And uh, and the man himself said, you know, hey, I'd like for us to go out and get a wide receiver faster than I am. And if there's a guy that's faster than Steve Smith, then that probably means that Smith he's lost his step because he's one of the quickest in the game. Uh, but whether he has or not, I mean, greatest Panther of all time, you can make the case. The guy is still a playmaker. He's still fully capable. I mean, we've seen in the last, you know, this this past season, I mean, two years ago in 2007, you know, when you had the quarterback shuffle of David Carr and Vinny Testaverde moving in and out, Smith's still getting his numbers, still getting his catches, still getting his touchdowns. It hasn't mattered. He has been a constant force uh, to be reckoned with in the wide receiver core. And, and, boy, you just need to get a couple other guys that can complement him because Smitty is still a beast.
0: One thing that concerns me, and I, I don't know that – I think Smitty's got a game speed, and it's like a Jerry Rice who wasn't the fastest guy. He didn't run a 4-3 or a 4 4 and yet he had a game speed and knew where he was going, and he made you look slow. Somehow he just did it, and I think Smitty's got that ability, but there was a play against Buffalo, and I'll never forget this. I mean, the ball is lofted dead square into his hands. Smitty's got two steps on the defender, and he got run down from behind, and I'm like, there's no way 89 just got run down from behind by some little defensive back. There is not a way. And he got run down, and it made me think, okay, maybe, I mean, at 30 years old, he'll soon be 31 uh, later this year. And this is a guy that's, you know, I mean, he's been great for so long and so fast, so quick, yet I'm kind of beginning to wonder, has Smitty just, if he lost half a step, maybe a full step, he would tell you no. But it just looked to me on that play like, okay, there it was, that was that was just maybe piece of evidence number one, Your Honor. You know, I mean, we'll enter that into evidence now. I mean, it just looked to me like on that play, maybe, Smitty has finally slowed down just a little. Yeah, but that's just one play. I mean, that's the thing, is is I
2: guarantee you, you go watch tape and you probably pull a handful of two or three plays, you know, from each game. You're like, yeah, Smitty's still got it. I, I, I'm with you. I, I don't doubt that he's probably lost just a little bit. I mean, with age, that's going to come. It's completely natural. And, and I'm sure nobody's upset about him more than Steve Smith is. And, and I'll guarantee you, he'll use that as motivation uh, to come back. And if he has lost that step, you better believe 89, uh, bottom line,
0: is going to be working his tail off and, and trying to get that half a step back. You know, and a lot of people too, and I'm glad you said what you said too. There just a minute ago, and I have to agree with you. I mean, yes, you said arguably the best player in Panthers history. I don't think there is a question. I, I if I've got a if I've got to pick one, and you just told me I can I can't say here's your top five players. Smitty's my pick. He's got to be. I mean, Julius the Enigma. Nah, not really. Not consistent enough. Smitty is my guy. And as much as I love Sam Mills, I don't know that he was with the team long enough. Loved the guy and loved his heart, but he just wasn't on the field enough seasons for us, whereas Smitty's been with us now for nine years, and and look at the numbers he's putting up. Even if you take one of those years away when he broke his leg in the very first game, so I got to go Smitty on that, and so I have to say, yeah, I'd agree with you there, but one guy that may have his name one day in that ring of honor, and that's Moose, and Moose is now, I mean, the guy's going to be 37 years old, he's like the ageless wonder, and if you look at him, the guy doesn't have an ounce of fat on him anywhere. This is the most in-shape 37-year-old I've run across in my life. Been in the league 14 years. Been back with the team now two years. Maybe Moose is a goner and maybe he's not. If if it's your money, you're spending the money, do you bring him back? Try to make him a role player, make him a starter. I mean, what is your game plan with Moose if you're in charge?
2: Well, if Moose and Muhammad wants to stay with the Panthers, you have to because of how big of a need and how much of a necessity another wide receiver is for this team. If, if this team was loaded, if you're the New Orleans Saints or the Indianapolis Colts, I mean, you know, you're you're able to let those guys like Marvin Harrison who have aged a step. You're allowed to let them go uh you know once they start showing their age. I just don't think you can do that with the Carolina Panthers. I mean, credit to Moose, you mentioned it. I mean, still in tip-top shape and and, uh, and it is. it's a credit to him that he can still go out there and and still perform at the level he has. I mean, can you imagine? Let's say Moose has aged more than, uh, or maybe I should say, maybe Moose ages like he should be, and he's not in tip top great shape, how poor this, this wide receiver core would look. So, a credit to him. I think you got to reward him and you got to bring him back. I don't think you sink a lot of money in him, and hopefully, you know, Moose isn't looking for a lot of money. But, uh, yeah, if this guy wants to stay around and he wants to play some more in a Carolina Panther uniform, I think he's earned it.
0: Well, and Chris Gamble has said, too, you know, if you're playing defensive back, you might want to watch where you're going because on a running play, that <laughs> there's one guy out there you better watch for because he's probably going to throw one hell of a block on you, and he's like, I'm watching for Moose all the time. So maybe Moose can teach these guys to block, and we've got really it's not much of a depth chart. I mean, we don't have this long list of players, but if you're looking at number three, I suppose you're looking at Dwayne Jarrett. Bless the guy's heart. I mean, three years in the NFL, had his best year last year with 17 catches, Got a touchdown, the first of his NFL career in garbage time against the Saints backups. And he now in three years has 33 catches. So, okay, an, an average of 11 catches, you, you know, you play 10 years, that's 110. Okay, that's a season for Steve Smith. So maybe he makes it, maybe he doesn't. Uh, Dwayne Jarrett, I mean, is if nothing else, is he training camp fodder? Just to be brought in so he can be cut, or is he actually I mean, when is he ever gonna get it? He says he does. I don't see it. I just I don't see him getting it. I don't think the light ever went on. No,
2: I I'm not either. I, I'm sold on, on Dwayne Jarrett complete. Laban was a bust, another USC wide receiver. Go ahead and do it. You're not gonna get any argument from me. I just you haven't seen enough from the guy. He's he's gotten opportunities too. I mean, some are gonna say well, you know, you've had Jake DeLome in there, quarterback, and, and, and Jake favors different wide receivers, and he just doesn't look Dwayne Jarrett's way. Uh, but I'm I'm just not sold on him. I, I, I don't know what it is, whether it be, you know, his failure to pick up the playbook quickly enough, if it's a motivational thing. I don't know. But three years is enough. And if you can't figure it out and you can't start producing in three years – Uh, then it's time to look another direction. And, and yeah, I I think he's going to be one of those guys that that if this team addresses wide receiver, they bring in, you know, a key free agent, they address it in the draft, and and this depth depth chart that you talk about is a little more filled out, I think Dwayne Jarrett's going to be one of those guys that come training camp, John, we're going to be talking about, hey, is this guy a surprise cut? And and it wouldn't surprise me one bit if he is, because I just don't think, I just don't know if he's got it. And, And if we haven't seen anything in three years, uh, I don't know. He hasn't given us anything that makes us think that, that he's going to be around any
0: longer. And then beyond him, two guys, I mean, well, Kenny Moore, who's this guy out of Wake Forest, don't know who in the world he is. He comes out of nowhere, brought in at the last minute, Charlie Martin. I mean, the guy's making a start ahead of Kenny Moore. I had kind of high hopes for Kenny Moore after the preseason, and then Martin comes in and takes the start away from him. And I think Moore was even left at home that week uh, sitting back there, you know, eating chips on his couch. So maybe Kenny Moore and maybe Charlie Martin. I mean, okay, at least Charlie Martin has the same jersey number as some other little bony wide receiver playing for the Patriots. Some of you may know his name. But anyway, okay, so is there any hope for either of them? Or are we just sort of saying, yeah, it's seven catches between the two of them, and they're really not much of a factor there. You know, they're going to be on special teams the rest of their lives.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't have any hope for either of those two guys either. And I think this just cements how big of a need that this needs to be for the Carolina Panthers in free agency and in the draft. Because I have no faith in Kenny Moore. I have no faith in Charlie Martin. I don't have any faith in Dwayne Jarrett. Bruce Mohammed's not getting any older, and you've got a Steve Smith who we've talked about maybe a quarter or half a step slower than he is. So this is a position. I mean, you know, you got to be got to be strong at some spots. You're going to have your weak spots. Uh, but this is one that I think is blatant, and the Panthers have to certainly address it. And, and I just I don't have very much faith at the bottom of that depth chart that we're going to see a guy come out of nowhere and surprise. And uh, and it makes you beg, hey, where's Tay Biddle at? Bring one of these guys back and give him a shot.
0: Okay, quick yes or no? Do you want this kid? Uh, this everybody's going to scream about now. Oh, you you know, make a deal for him. Do you want anybody out of uh, maybe out of Denver to be coming in at wide receiver?
2: No, I, I assume you're mentioning Brandon Marshall. I, I'm not seeing it. I don't. I don't really want it to happen, and I think you can cross a couple other names off there. I, I don't think Aqwan Bolden's going anywhere either. I don't think he'll end up in Charlotte. I think this is a position. I don't. I don't know. You know, maybe you can find a free agent that's been in the league. That's one of these lesser known guys. But I think this is a position you have to get younger at. I mean, the top two guys. In your rotation at wide receiver are two of the veterans on this team that have been with the Panthers for quite a few, quite a while. You have to get younger, and I think it has to be addressed through the draft. There's some guys that uh, maybe you haven't heard of that that have been in the league for a couple of years, looking for that break.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking Golden Tate, maybe a Dexter McCluster. I'm st- I'm still a Dexter McCluster fan, and and maybe he's a bust in the NFL, but I'm I'm watching this kid. But okay, our final grade. This is it. Last grade we're going to hand out for any position. Let's hear the two grades for tight end and wide receiver for you. Unless you want me to go first, am I going first this week? Or no?
2: I'll, I'll, go, I'll go ahead and throw them out there. I have, for the tight ends, I have an eighty-six. I know I'm not as uh, I'm not as favorable as you are, but I still think it's a solid unit and one that doesn't need to be touched. And then, well, for the wide receivers, I have to go a little bit lower. You've got I give it an eighty-four. Steve Smith is still a monster, but, boy, I mean, we talked about it. The bottom part of that depth chart, I just don't think there's anything there, and I think it's something that has to be addressed. So an 86 for the tight ends and an 84 for the wide receivers.
0: I went 88 at tight end, mostly because we've got, you know, one really good blocker or a fairly good blocker. He's solid and Jeff King. A couple of good receiving tight ends in Barnage and Rosario. I just want to see Barnage given a much better chance at receiver. I went 84, same as you. And, honestly, like you said, beyond Steve Smith, there's nothing except maybe Moose, if he can come back as a role player. I was high on getting him back. I think he's done his job blocking. I just don't see him as that big threat anymore. We just need somebody in the slot. We need a number two guy. We really need two receivers, I think. So, I went 84 there. So, i tell you what we'll do. You want to take a break, come back, maybe just break down, maybe do an average of all of our scores? Yeah, let's wrap this thing up. All right, we'll be back in just a minute. When we come back, it's the final grades. We'll go over biggest area of need and the second biggest area of need. We'll be back in just a minute.
1: No matter how you slice it or dice it, there can be only one Cat Crave Radio.
0: If you're a veteran of Iraq or Afghanistan, like me, coming home can be harder than expected. But it turns out I wasn't alone. At IAVA.org, there's, there's a free, free online, online community, community of thousands of vets who've got, got your back. back. Whether it's managing the transition home or everyday, everyday stuff w- like finding a nice sweater for my dog. A sweater? Really? Okay, maybe not that. Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America is there for you. Join our community at IAVA.org. We've got your back.
1: Brought to you by IAVA and the Ad Council. <laughs> CCR is here for the fans. That's why we want to know what you think of the team or the show. Call the CCR hotline at 206-350-9673 and leave a message. The number is 206-350-9673. Time now for more Cat Crave Radio.
0: And I say this again, welcome back to the Panther Preview Part 3 this time around, the yeoman is back with us, and um, we've handed out 13 different grades, one for pretty much every position. We've broken it down as we've gone along here, if those of you that have been listening to us every week. We just handed out our last grades on tight end and wide receiver, and on 13 areas, if you average this up, we're actually really close, yeoman. We are very, very close in our grades. We really are. It's, it's surprising.
2: Yeah. I think we have we got a good head on our shoulders. We know what we're talking about, I hope. I maybe we're both crazy, but uh, yeah, I think I think uh, you know, we talked about this a little bit before the game they're fairly close and uh, and I think uh, we had a good reason they're fairly close.
0: Well nobody called me last week to tell me that I was crazy about wanting to trade D'Angelo. Not that I want to, I didn't say I want to, I said I'd listen to offers. But here's the way this broke down. This is this is the final average. Nick's scores come out to an average of eighty seven point one mine come out to an 87.9 so we're only off by 8 tenths of a point that's that's not so bad i mean it's that's a solid team i'm not sure it's a a perennial playoff team but potentially good enough to at least make a wild card run and depending on what pieces they add the rest of the offseason we'll see but that's that's not terrible no,
2: no, I think it's, it's, and that's, you know, I, I didn't know, I, didn't, I wasn't adding these up like you were, but when I heard that 87.1 and yours at 87.9, I think that's where this team is. I mean, they're right there, they're a couple, maybe a piece or two away from, uh, from certainly being a title contender, and I think a grade of an 87 is certainly good enough that's going to put you right in the hunt of making the playoffs if you avoid the pitfalls that we've seen, you know, lots of pass rush at times, you know, when you've got quarterbacks turning the ball over left and right, that's gonna hurt you as well. But yeah, I, I think that eighty seven score, I think it averaged out pretty much where I would have put this team.
0: All right, we're gonna let's just throw out two things here. We'll start with this, and I guess we'll go from it's I'm going in reverse. Let's just do this the wrong way. Uh, we'll take the biggest area of need, and you and I may or may not agree here. I'm not sure. In your opinion, the one area where we need help the most.
2: Well, I, I think there's three, but I think the biggest area of need, in my opinion, now has to be pass rush. I really do. I think losing Julius Peppers hurts, and and uh, from a statistical standpoint, and I just don't have a lot of faith and Everett Brown, who's still undersized, still learning to play in the National Football League, uh, and Tyler Brayton, Charles Johnson, uh, how much are these guys going to give me? I'm not sure. This team doesn't blitz a lot from the linebacker position. So I think the biggest need for this team right now, uh, especially after the recent news, I think it has to be a pass-rushing defensive end.
0: Well, see, and, and I I would agree except for one thing. And, and let's say a Tyler Brayton has to step in. On one side, maybe an Everett Brown on the other, maybe a Charles Johnson, and you've got a rotation going. I think you might drop off in talent, but you're going to have a big step up in effort. So I think Julius's lack of effort from play to play will, I think it'll be refreshing not to have somebody out there looking like they're, you know, they're trying to find their contact lens on the ground. So I'd have to say I put defensive end behind that, and I guess I'm tipping my hand on what I think is the second biggest need. I go first. Is wide receiver for me and I mean we've got a great running game and I think D'Angelo and Jonathan Stewart are that that's the best duo of running backs but you can't get your running game going unless you can make the other team think that you've got somebody to throw the ball to if they're going to pack eight and nine guys up in the box it's going to ruin your day so we've got to have somebody to compliment Steve Smith for a change And as much as I love Moose, I don't think he's the answer as the number two. I think he's a great mentor. I think he's a great blocker. But he's not quite the player he used to be, and we do need somebody with speed. So I'm going to go receiver first. And if i got to go second, I'm going defensive end. So that will lead me into what do you think is the second biggest area of need?
2: Yeah, I've got them flip-flopped. I have a wide receiver. Wide receiver depth is my second biggest one. And you have to look at it, you know, who's going to be playing quarterback next year? If it's Jake DeLome, he's going to need some weapons to have that bounce-back season because I don't think Jake DeLome can do it just throwing the ball up and hoping Steve Smith can pull down miracle catches. And if it is Matt Moore, listen, you've got a good young quarterback that shows he has those tools, Give him some weapons that he can work with to balance out that strong running attack. So, yeah, I think the number two, uh, the biggest need for the Panthers is certainly wide receiver. And and uh, it was a close second, and then I think right there at third, I think you got to look at quarterback. I think those are the three biggest uh, needs for the Carolina Panthers uh, heading into this offseason.
0: Well, I tell you what, if you want, next week, um, if you want to come back, maybe we could just go through our free agency moves, not necessarily look at the uh, the guys that are out there available People we could bring in to hire to play for us, but the guys we've got to do something with. And they're, I'm sure between now and then, there'll you know be moves made by the team. But if you want to come back, we'll kind of break that down, look at the roster again, and see what we need to do and what our options are, and and maybe just kind of fool around with that and see how that goes.
3: Yeah, I'd be great.
0: And, and and two before we uh, before we we end the segment this week. I mean, I, I mentioned this at the very top. This is the 100th show. And, and Nick, I wanted to tell you that, I mean, I, I actually look back today. I'm all about stats. I'm a stat guy. I'm sorry, John Fox. I'm a <laughs> stat. <you>, <laughs> I am a loser. I'm a loser. So why don't you kill me? So here you go. All right. Okay, after 100 episodes, and I looked up today, before this episode, you were on 43 times. So 43% of the shows, you have appeared. You, the first time you came on was in November. It was November 5th of 2008. And, and I, I wanted to tell you that, I mean, these segments, I think this has made the show better. I think you've made the show better. And, and I just wanted to tell you, you know, thanks for the help that you've given and and, and making it something better for somebody to listen to as opposed to just me droning on and on. But, but, you know, many thanks to you for for taking time to each week to be on with me.
2: Hey, John, I really appreciate it. I mean, you know, you kind of extended the hand and, and asked me if I wanted to come on. I wish I was just like a listener, like so many other people beforehand, and and uh, I really appreciate you, you know what you're doing for the fans. I think what we got going here is awesome, and I know there's a lot of people that like it, and and yeah, it's been fun, and, and it's crazy to think 100 episodes already, and and uh, I guess here's 200 more. But you're doing a great job, John. I appreciate
0: it. Well, thanks, and um, don't forget, next month we will hit another milestone. It'll be two years, so you know that's that's the next one. I didn't want to make such a big deal about this, but you know, I mean, I had to say thanks because the yeoman. You know, the Yeoman's been around, and uh, we all know how much everybody loves the Yeoman. We know about your awesomeness.
2: Hey, I, I just I just try. That's all. I'm just trying to be awesome, and, and if the people think I'm awesome, John, I'm not going to stop them all. Don't put it that way.
0: <laughs> all right, Nick. Well, uh, next week, want to do some free agency, sir?
2: Yeah, it sounds good. I, it's a huge issue, and it's one that now that this team has freed up some money, they're not going to sink $21 million into, into uh, Julius Pepper's they got some cash to work with, and that should be an interesting, uh, you know, topic to break down.
0: Absolutely. We'll see you then. All
2: right. Sounds good, John. Thanks.
1: This is Cat Crave Radio.
0: And right now, let's bring in our special guest, Darren Gant. And we've always said Darren Gant of the Rock Hill Herald. Today, we can say Darren Gant of the Rock Hill Herald and the Charlotte Observer. Darren, uh, first, congratulations on, uh, on now... Making the Move, where you're writing for two publications as opposed to one, and welcome to the show.
2: Yeah, thanks, and uh, I appreciate it. It's an exciting time. Uh, Things are a little bit different, but things are good. So, uh, you know, basically, instead of having two papers competing against each other, we decided to uh, take the best, I suppose you could say, of both and uh, work together and see what we could accomplish.
0: And I know you're fresh today off of, as we record this, you're fresh off of the, uh, the big news conference that... Marty Herney had over at Bank of America Stadium. There was the one big announcement to be made. I'll let you go through exactly what Mr. Herney told the world.
2: Well, the bottom line is, he said no tag for Julius. As much as he'd have liked to, as much as he wanted to, as much as he tried to, they couldn't get a long-term deal. And, you know, he talked an awful lot about other players, which means, the bottom line was, they didn't want to spend $20 million to keep Julius around. He made several mentions of the magnitude of the tender. He made several mentions of, we have a lot of good young players. And that's his way of saying, instead of spending 20 on Julius, we're going to chop that up and give part of it to John Deeson and part of it to Thomas Davis and part of it to Ryan Khalil and part of it to D'Angelo, maybe. I mean, you know, he didn't say those guys by name, but that's who he's talking about. And, you know, that's what this thing boils down to is, rather than pay one guy an enormous chunk of money for one more year, you know, they're just going to try to spread it around. Now, granted, and, and I asked him this, and he didn't have a good answer for it. I don't know when that's going to happen. I mean, I doubt very seriously many of those deals happen before there's a new CBA, but they've certainly got the funds to do them now if they choose.
0: Okay, so this this whole Julius thing, this this uh, what really I think was maybe what tied their hands was the fact that they signed him to a tender one time came out at, what, 16.7 or 16.8 for one year, the 20% increase this year. It sounded to me like that when they, when they got into this, they realized, well, we're going to be on the hook for $21 million, say we sign him up. He comes out publicly, says, yeah, I'll play into the tender. No big deal. And if he's willing to do that, then he'd probably rush back into town and sign the tender and then refuse any trade. It sounds like they more or less were backed against the wall and had no other choice.
2: Yeah, in a lot of ways. I mean, that's uh, that's the issue. They weren't willing to go on the hook for twenty million plus, uh, you know. And and again, let's be honest. If they make that offer, you sign it immediately and guarantee it immediately because then you take one year. Then you know. I mean, first of all, no one knows that there's football in two thousand eleven. But uh, the rules, as they're written now, to be franchised the third time requires top five of the average salaries of all players in the NFL. Then you get into quarterback money. Not that it's going to bump it up that much over what it already is, but they just weren't willing to go $20 million, uh, for the chance at collecting a second, uh, a couple second-round picks or something like that. I mean, I think if they were going to move him, the best chance to move him would have been last offseason, and that's what I thought they should have done. I was early on uh, on the wagon saying, this man doesn't want to be here. Accommodate him. Get what you can now before the numbers become unreasonable. And ultimately, they became too unreasonable for him to swallow. And and so he's just going to get to go freely into the market.
0: Well, there are, like you said, there are young players on this team. And if you if you just run down the roster real quick, you see a lot of guys that are in their twenties. A lot of them in their mid twenties one guy that i think if if i have a concern for this offseason it's got to be Thomas Davis i know they can restrict his movement with right. with a tender of of his own but after a knee injury even though he was having a great season i'm i'm kind of wondering if that will hurt the negotiation if that will make things break down and it, if that is going to impact his decision about whether to stay or not to stay i mean this is a guy i really don't want to lose are they are they actively working with him
2: All right. I just think Thomas, much like Matt Moore, much like the rest of the restricted free agents, uh, they're either, I think you might see a couple of the restricted free agents in the next week sign deals for less than what the tender would have been for some degree of security, some degree of guaranteed money, some advance. Otherwise, those guys are just all going to get the tender. There's no motivation for the Carolina Panthers to sign Thomas Davis to a six-year contract right now. I mean, you're talking Thomas Davis is going to be a seven eight million dollar a year player. You can get him next year for three point two and change, and that gets you a first and third round pick back in exchange if he goes out and finds an offer that they don't want to match. So I think it, there's just no compelling reason for the Carolina Panthers to do anything but tender Thomas Davis as a restricted free agent, same with Matt Moore. Same with the rest of them, James Anderson, Jeff King, the whole 11-man list of guys. I just think they're going to be here because the Panthers have the hammer in this situation, and, and that's what it was really, that's the way it was designed. By the CBA getting to this point, by getting to an uncapped year, it was written to restrict player movement, and that's what's happening. Those guys are all going to be around, assuming the Carolina Panthers want them to be around.
0: Are they saying anything at all about? I mean, I wasn't, you know, fortunate enough to be invited to sit at Bank of America Stadium with uh, with oh, it was Marty. Tremendously
2: exciting! You yeah. missed the social event of the I, season. I know,
0: and I, and I, you know what? It's um I actually, it kind of it kind of hurts a little bit, but. Um, but I, I you can't dance with the one that yeah, brung you. Let me, let me
2: you. put it this way for you, John. I, I wore a pair of jeans to the press conference. <laughs> I put on my tuxedo to appear for the for the hundredth episode of Cat Crave Radio. How about that?
0: Cool deal. So, I
2: mean, this is where my priorities are for you, buddy.
0: Well, we know that you put on the big fashion statement down in uh, in Spartanburg, uh, because it is the garden spot of the USA and uh, I mean the you know, the hat and the you know, the shorts and, and the and the shirts. You know, you were always colorful, we'll give you that.
2: Yeah, I, I do the best I can for you, John, always.
0: But, I mean, I wasn't lucky enough. I, You know, I didn't get a chance to be there. I didn't get to hear, you know, pick his brain or hear what Marty had to say. But And there, there's other business to do, and I know that Julius always dominates the conversation. I don't know why. As quiet as he is, maybe that's why it is, because he doesn't tell us anything, but... Julius is always the topic, yet right now, and you mentioned a list of players from Matt Moore to Thomas Davis to Jeff King, and Jeff King's going to be a big piece to keep, I think, this offseason. If they go into this, I mean, is there a danger? I mean, it seems to me we're putting ourselves out there a lot if you, let's say you restrict the players' movement, give them a first and a third or a low tender offer at about a million or a million point oh one, I think it is. If you give them those numbers are we not putting ourselves in danger of losing some guys where we can't turn around and match the numbers for the other team?
2: Well, I mean, as a restricted free agent, you always have the opportunity to match any deal they find in the market. That's where the compensation comes into play. And, you know, realistically, of the guys the Panthers have, I mean, they're going to place high enough tenders on them to justify you know, the money spent. I mean, for instance, Jeff King got second-round tender last year. I assume he'll get the same this year. Matt Moore, I assume, will get at least the first-round tender because if you're going to let Matt Moore walk, you better be getting at least a first back for him. Uh, You know, I think Thomas will tender as uh, as high as they can, just as, if nothing else, a good-faith gesture toward that next negotiation that is coming on on the backside of the CBA whenever there is a deal. Because, you know, Marty – And he kind of put himself out there today. If you're not going to spend that money on Julius and you talk about spreading it out amongst other people, well, then the onus is on you to take care of those core pieces. So if it gets to a point that Thomas Davis doesn't resign, that two years down the road John Beeson didn't resign, that D'Angelo didn't resign, you know, all those young guys like that, Ryan Khalil, if those guys aren't resigned, then you're a hypocrite. Then you were just doing this about the money. Then it was just trying to chisel away at this year's payroll as much as you could. And really, again, it's like we talked about with the restricted guys. There's no compelling reason to move on them right now, but you better make good on it on the back side if, if you want us to believe what you were saying there today.
0: Well, would you agree or disagree with this statement that in February of 9 that the Panthers, the team, the organization, had all of the leverage and in February of 2010 that Peppers had all the leverage.
2: Oh sure, Uh, absolutely, and and again, the numbers just got too big. They drew their line in the sand. They tagged him to keep him last year, and and they were willing to bite the bullet for the 16.7, you know, right at $17 million that it cost him, you know, over 18 with the Pro Bowl uh, bonus that he hit. So they were willing to accept that number. They're not willing to accept this one. And, you know, realistically, I think to Again, even if you tag Julius one more time for the purposes of keeping him, he would have been gone after one more anyway. And I think they knew that after they had worked on a long term contract. I mean, they tried. They, they talked last July. They talked, you know, at different points after the tag about a long term contract, weren't able to get anything done. So you know, you get to that point where you realize it's just not going to happen. And that's kind of what happened today. I mean, the, today was about Marty Herney saying, you know, we did the best we could. we got to move on. And moving on means spending that money on somebody else.
0: Darren, as always, uh, we appreciate you being with us. You know, you're here for the big milestone show, uh, you know, the 100th. Uh, not like we're the Simpsons or anything, but, I mean, you know, the 100th episode. And, uh, and again, congratulations on your... Uh, I would say not your move, but now the fact that you are you are doing double duty and you're out there like big time. You know, you you hit the big time now. You're in two it, papers at once.
2: Yeah, you, you, you know what? It's kind of like having that second kid. It's uh, more than just doubling your work. <laughs> uh, how about that? No, it's it's good. We're all excited about it. It's a big move, and yeah, you know, some you know we're all going to have to adjust a little bit the way we've been doing business, but I think it's going to work out best for the readers, for the fans. For the people who want to, you know, read about the Carolina Panthers, I mean, now instead of you know, Charles Chandler and I buttonhead against each other, we're working together, and, and and hopefully, I I would think that's to the benefit of you know, readers and fans.
0: Well, instead of double duty, you're actually simulcasting. You know, you you can you can write something and and reach people in South Carolina and then in North Carolina. So you know, you're 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 getting simulcasted as opposed to doing double duty, which is great. You
2: know, sounds good. It, it, <laughs> If that works, that's perfect with me. I, I, I'm I'm excited about the whole thing, John. I'm excited to be with you. I mean, I enjoy doing this uh, show with you. I think you've got a neat thing going here, and I know a lot of people dig it, and I'm just happy to be a part of it.
0: All right, Darren. Well, we appreciate it very much.
2: Make sure you call me back for, like, number 103 or 107 or, or some inconsequential number like that, okay?
0: Oh, I will. We'll make sure we'll have you on for, like, yeah, 108, 109, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Prime numbers. How about that? We'll do prime numbers. Good. Good.
2: All right, John. Take it easy, buddy.
0: This
1: episode of CCR to be continued. So my uncle calls and he says he's dizzy and he's losing his balance. I'm like, Unc, you want me to take you to a doctor? He's like, no, I'm going to look up the symptoms. I said, your symptoms are you're dizzy and you're losing your balance. So he said, I can't get on the internet because my arm is numb. I said, well, use your good arm and dial 911. Stroke's no joke. Dial 911. Time lost is brain lost. Seriously, dial 911. Visit StrokesNoJoke.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. This is the show that's Carolina Panthers from wall-to-wall and from start-to-finish. Welcome back to Cat Crave Radio.
0: Our guest now is Ross Tucker. You all know Ross from SI.com. There he is, a contributor, and he's also the founder of GoBigRecruiting.com. Ross, welcome back to the show.
3: How you doing, John?
0: Doing great, Ross. And uh, the off-season's kind of a dead time, but there's always... There's always some drama going on. There's, you know, the fans are always talking about what should you do, what shouldn't you do. And John Fox became, he was at the eye of the storm anyway this, this season, everybody complaining about how things went, finishing 8-8. Eight and eight. Do you honestly think this organization has treated John Fox fairly through this?
3: Um. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, the fact that he's still there and, and clearly they've given him all kinds of time. I mean, I, I know some people think, well, now he's a lame duck coach and uh, his status is in question, but I, I don't understand, and I've never been a big subscriber to this theory that, you know, coaches always have to have another year on their contract, that they can never ever go into the last year of their deal. I don't really understand that because players go into the last year of their deal all the time. I guess the thought process is, you know, maybe they won't have as much clout In the locker room, maybe guys will say, well, this guy's out of here anyway. But, you know, if you tack on a year to this deal for John Fox and they have a bad year, he's gone anyway. So I think players see through that. So I never really felt the need uh, to give a guy an extra year to extend the contract, uh, you know, just to appease the media, so to speak.
0: John Fox has stuck with his guy, too, and that's Jake DeLome. We saw how that worked out last year. He struggled. Uh, Finally, an injury on his throwing hand. Messed up a finger, broke his finger apparently. Then Matt Moore comes in and looks pretty good. Uh, After what you saw from Matt Moore last year, do you honestly, I mean, do you think they can compete with Matt Moore at quarterback? Well,
3: based on what I saw at the end of the year, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, they played their best football all season at the end of the year. Matt looks solid. I don't think he's ever going to be Uh, a top five or top ten quarterback, John, but clearly I thought he was more effective than was Jake DeLome. He's younger, he's cheaper. There's at least enough there to work with. I think you keep working with him. Maybe you bring in somebody to compete with him. Um, They could get rid of Jake if they so desired because there is no cap, so there's no cap hit uh, beginning on March 5th. That's how I think that they will seriously consider. In fact, I think a lot of guys are going to get cut uh, on March 5th. But I think Matt Moore at least deserves enough for the the Carolina Panthers to continue to work with him and give him a chance to be the starter.
0: You think with that CBA or the lack of the CBA and no cap this year, you mentioned that a lot of guys might get uh, dropped from rosters. And I know because of this problem that they're having now in the uncapped year, originally the number of, I guess, street free agents was going to be really low, guys that would have been at the end of their fourth year, and hitting the street as a free agent where they could shop around freely. Now, they were going to be restricted, guys. Do you think that number is going to increase on March 5th when the teams start to to kind of trim things down? I mean, how much do you think it will increase?
3: Well, you know, March 5th is the first day of free agency, and because of salary cap, you know, that's when the salary cap expires, so it's also the first day that a lot of teams can release these guys. Um, As a result... I really expect a lot more guys to get released that day than to get signed. I mean, there might be two, three, four, five guys that get signed. I think, uh, you know, there will maybe even be dozens of players that get released that day. I think a lot of teams are going to use this year and use this time to kind of trim the fat. I think Antrell Roll, Joey Porter, uh, LaDanian Tomlinson. There's a lot of guys out there that are going to get cut. And so those guys will then become. Free agents and oddly enough it works in their favor because so many guys that normally would be unrestricted are restricted and so as a result you know there might have been less of a market for Porter and Thomas and those guys and now because there's not that many unrestricted guys available there'll be a little bit more of a market Still, so not going to be crazy for those guys but there'll be at least a little bit more going on
0: there. And then we've got Julius Peppers who will probably be out on the street shopping his services, at least the way things appear to be going now. We're headed down that slippery slope. So with Julius potentially heading out the door here, where do you think he may wind up?
3: Well, I have no idea. Uh, you know, I, I, I am extremely curious. I've heard the same teams everybody else has, the Patriots, the Eagles, um, those type of teams. Whew, I, I don't know. I, you know, I think the Eagles are typically one of those teams that are willing to spend the money. And the Eagles really like talented football players. I know everybody thinks, what, what does that mean? Everybody likes talented football players. Yeah, but the Eagles really, you know, they're willing to pay top dollar for guys that they believe, you know, represent a significant upgrade and or have outstanding natural ability. Case in point was the trade last year for Jason Peters. You know, they they made the move to go out and get Jason, and they felt like there was a guy uh, that was as talented as anybody left tackle. So maybe they do the same with Julius Peppers. Or maybe it's a team that's under the radar that, deserves, that decides to make the move. I, I do think there'll be a market for Julius, but I also think it'll be significantly less than what he thinks it'll be.
0: Well, one thing that we're all watching, if there's a position besides defensive end now that Julius is probably gone, And that's its wide receiver, and we've talked about it so many times here uh, in this area. Panthers fans have always talked about get Steve Smith some help. Well, we've got limited draft picks, and with the potential for a really light uh, list of players out there available uh, who you may be able to hire as a wide receiver off the street, we have to look at the draft. And with a second-round draft pick as our first pick this year, we've got to look at guys who are going to fall a little bit. Do you think there's some some kind of dark horse picks or potential guys who could come in and and help out as that number two?
3: Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be, uh, you know, the the Steve Smith-esque draft choice. I'm talking about the giant Steve Smith, not the Carolina Panthers' Steve Smith. You know, a second-round guy that is able to come in and play well. I mean, think about this, Deshaun Jackson was a second-round pick for the Philadelphia Eagles, and he absolutely lit it up as a rookie. So this, the possibility is certainly there, but then there's a flip side of that as well where there's receivers like Ted Ginn and plenty of others in the first and second round that also, you know, are bust and don't produce. I mean, you've got your own right there in Dwayne Jarrett. Uh, you even have Dexter Jackson, the former second-round pick from the Tampa Bay Bucks on the roster, so... I think Carolina fans know that all too well. I do think, you know, whether it's free agency um, or the draft, I do think that the Carolina Panthers are going to work hard to try to get somebody opposite Steve Smith that's a real threat. Well,
0: I think the biggest story, and we're all talking receivers, Julius Peppers, John Fox, this is what we're focused on now because I know the fans are interested in what happens this coming season. But I still think the biggest story right now has got to be that CBA and what could happen. The potential is there for what could be disastrous. But are you expecting, if, if you had to make a prediction, are you seeing a lockout in
3: 2011? Oof. You know, I, I really don't know. I, I'm not close enough to those discussions to know that. I and mean, that's what everybody says at this point. I guess the optimist in me hopes and thinks that cooler heads will prevail and, that, and you know, they've got a year, right? I mean, they've got a year to come up with some type of solution that would actually work for both sides. And I just have to think that, you know, when the clock really is about to strike midnight, that they'll be able to come up with something, you know, that uh, will allow football to continue to go. It's just, you know, the, the game is way, way, way too popular to have a setback like that. It just... It would be bad business for everybody.
0: No, I definitely agree. We've got the biggest cash cow in, in the world. I mean, as far as uh, you know, professional sports leagues, this is this is the one. So I'd hate to see them mess that up. But, uh, Ross, again, we really do appreciate you being with us. Uh, Ross Tucker, don't forget to check him out over at SI.com, contributor there, and also the, uh, uh, the founder of GoBigRecruiting.com. Ross, thanks for being with us.
3: Anytime, John. Take care.
0: I want to thank Nick Yeoman for being such a big part of the show. Nick, you know the show would just not be the same without your awesomeness. Be sure and check out Nick's Panthers videos on YouTube by searching for Big Nick 2700. My thanks to Darren Gant for taking part in the program this week. Check out Darren's work both online and in print at the Rock Hill Herald and the Charlotte Observer. A tip of the cap to Ross Tucker for being with us. Ross can be found on SI.com and on Sirius Satellite Radio. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter. Go to catcraveradio.com. Click on the newsletter link at the top of the page. There you can just fill out the quick and easy form and you're subscribed. We'll keep you up to date on all the show guests. Basically everything that we've got going on. We'll also keep you updated on the team. Again, go to catcraveradio.com, click on the newsletter link, and fill out the form. Yes, it's that easy. And don't forget, you can subscribe to our show on iTunes. While you're there, be sure to leave us a review. And follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash catcraveradio. Give us a follow. Yes, we promise we will follow you back. And any time that you want, you can give us a call 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Call us at 206-350-9673. Leave a message, and we'll air your opinions right here on the show. Call the CCR hotline. Again, that number is 206-350-9673. I'm John White. Thanks again for listening throughout our first 100 episodes. We hope to be back inside of your listening device once again next week with another edition of Cat Crave Radio. Thanks again for listening to
1: Cat Crave Radio a proud member of the fan-sided network. Check out catcraveradio.com for our complete archive of interviews, commentary, and analysis. The CCR crew will gather again next week to bring you another fresh episode. All material, copyright 2010, Catcrave Radio. Stand and cheer for the Panthers in our grand be
3: finer than to be in Carolina For a
1: Banford football game Oh, Nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina